Welcome to Back on Your Bullshit. I am your host, Kate Morris. I'm a qualified nutritionist and personal trainer who fell in love with helping women build strong, healthy, and confident bodies. This podcast talks all things health, fitness, mindset, and business, helping you get back on your bullshit, take control, and build your dream life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Back on Your Bullshit podcast. Today is super exciting because I have a special guest, another guest speaker on the potty. You guys probably already know her, but I'm not going to give it away yet, even though it's literally in the title of this fucking episode. Anyways, um, we are going to be talking all about training considerations, strength considerations, training around your menstrual cycle and a whole heap of other juicy stuff. So stay tuned. And I want to give a very warm welcome to my guest, Gemma. Hey, hey guys. Um, so I am coach Gemma. I am a female coach from Melbourne. I love training women and I'm really interested in women's health, um, just as well as looking at things from a more holistic view. Um, and yeah, I'm mostly online. I do have a few face-to-face, um, clients and I love what I do. How exciting. Gem literally, I'm, I'm assuming it's okay I say this, Gem yeah. literally is just starting back in a gym doing face-to-face yeah. training. You've yeah. been like a bit of a hiatus from that for a while. Yeah, hey? I did all, I came from doing face-to-face, um, transitioned to online because of COVID like many of us did, um, but I did really realize how much I missed some face-to-face contact. Um, so I wanted to kind of just achieve a balance of having kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to start doing it again. And like the social interaction, right? Like being a business owner, not that we're talking about business stuff today, but it's super lonely sometimes. Like when you work from home on your computer, you don't have any social interaction in person. It can become really isolating. Yeah, absolutely. And I've spoken to you about this before, but as a coach, I think that it's highly beneficial to have experienced training people face to face because the nuances of actually having someone in front of you and maybe needing to modify the piece of equipment or how they're doing something it can be kind of problem solved as you're there 100 um, percent, and also considerations around like injuries yeah. injury prevention yeah um, form technique as yeah. well as just learning how to talk to different people absolutely like personality people, types personality yeah. types people yeah. react to things in different ways cues different yeah. and yeah. you might even like for example you might have somebody where you can joke around with and it's all fun and games when you train and then you might have that client that is a little bit more serious that takes things more seriously but how do you know that when you're online with them yeah just yeah. picking up on the nuances of really just good point. yeah like communicating with different people um and also just like the vi- getting to vibe off people face to face like it really um it gives me energy it gives me kind of um I'll be hyped for the rest, like adrenaline. Yeah. Like after I've done my like morning block. So I haven't been able to get that because I am online. Um, And even with online, like with email and tone, things can get lost. That's what I love about Zoom is Mm. you kind of can get a bit of that back by actually people seeing you and seeing how you animate, um, which I think is really important to 
be able to communicate well with people. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Super exciting. Yeah. So when are you starting that for anybody that's listening that potentially would want to do some face-to-face coaching? Yeah, just next week, starting on Tuesday. I'm going to do Tuesday, Thursday. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm... Do you have any available positions at the moment I have or no? two or three okay. in the morning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you know, you can always get in touch and see what's available, but... Um, yeah, that's in Box Hill. Yeah. Close to Doncaster, close to the East Link. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I love face to face. And the and gym. The gym that you're going to work at. Yes. Oh, we Saucy. We love it. it. Yeah. I mean, we're the biggest hype girls for this gym, I but know. honestly, like it's real saucy oh, in there. The lighting, the, the equipment, the lighting. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. If you nice. want to look hot in the mirrors, it's like that's nice. the gym that you take a mirror selfie in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, let's get into like the juicy stuff. So, Jem is very, very knowledgeable in a lot of issues, everything around female training and women's health. And that's why I brought her on today because I feel like it's going to open your eyes to a lot of things in terms of your strength, health, fitness journeys around your menstrual cycle. So this podcast is obviously for the girls. Yeah. Sorry if you're a guy listening, <laughs> maybe click away now. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's dive deep in. What do you think is important if I am a female that's getting into strength training, doesn't really understand my menstrual cycle, but wants to learn more about it? Where would I start? I would say um, try just to do like the low hanging fruit. So try not to get too stressed about worrying about the hormones and things just yet and all of that just start tracking your cycle yeah so yeah you know flow and clue are both two really popular apps but just getting a sense of with either of those apps it's all user driven so mm. you can choose as little or as much data that you want to put in there but you can just start to track things like okay this is you know your periods come just track that um you can also track things like um mood changes um you know if you get acne at certain times you can fatigue all of that so i would just say just start with tracking it um and try not to put too much pressure into you know what does that mean just yet and then just spend some time after that interpreting what your trends are so um we'll you know dive into this a bit further down the track but just start off with tracking your cycle um, and seeing a merit in that seeing understanding how powerful that data is because when you do start to identify things for example you know you might see that three days before your period every single month for the last four months you've felt really low energy and you've um felt bloated and you felt yeah. gross, right? If you can see that trend, then you can start planning your training yes. accordingly. Yeah. So I remember before I did any of this like tracking of my cycle or even giving any of this, any of my energy, um, I would notice that sometimes I would just go into the gym, have a really good workout, feel great, smash it. And then, you know, three weeks later, different story. Maybe my self-esteem is a little bit lower that day and my energy is lower and I'm feeling weaker. So that can be pretty sad if that happens and you don't know what's happening. Are you going to think, oh, something wrong with me? Are you going to change everything? Are you going to change your program? (laughs) You you don't need to. Are you just going to throw in the towel and be like, fuck this? It's like whenever I have those moments, and we all have it, guys. Like we, Especially as females, I think. like We'll look in the mirror and pick apart absolutely everything we hate with ourselves. But I notice, and only since tracking my cycle and the data and actually paying attention to it, reviewing that data as well, I've noticed that literally five days before I'm getting my period, 
is the time that I'm the most self-critical. Yeah. I will be like, I am super bloated. I'm so ugly. Oh my God, I have cellulite. I'm fat. Like being absolutely erratic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, before I track my cycle, I literally was just like, I'm just fat and ugly. But now I can kind of regulate and be like, all right, cool. Absolutely. Five days, my period's coming. Yeah. That's why I'm being a, so- a sociopath of being crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's that's what I'm saying is so powerful. Like taking training out of it, just understanding the ebb and flow of your yes. personality of when you feel really extroverted and you want to be social and when you feel you more back. introverted, pull back, you, you know, you just want to kind of hibernate, which happens for me, you know, that three to five days yeah. prior to my period yeah. and around my period. So, um, tapping back into training, I think it's just really important to see that and then use that to your advantage. So as an example, you know, during the follicular phase at the start, you know, before we get into that, yeah. quickly explain for the listeners who don't know, yeah. how many phases are there in your menstrual cycle? Because this is something that I find that a lot of my clients don't know any information about yeah. or are feeling a little bit lost around it. Yeah. Um, people either break it up into two halves or they count um, you know, in fours. So either your menstrual cycle, so yep. when you're actually bleeding, yep. going into your follicular phase. Yep. Um, then in the middle, I'm just going to use some rough times, but just bear in mind that everyone's will be a bit different. Yes, yep. So say day 14 is ovulation, um, and then after that is the luteal phase. Yep. Um, so that would be broken up into those phases there. So um, I think that, again, communicating to clients you know this is what the phases are this is what you can typically expect um but also just understanding that you know your hormones are changing during that time so it's to be expected that you're going to go through some changes and that's completely feel a little bit shittier feel great one day be super hungry not have much of an appetite the next Yeah, yeah absolutely so um i think it's really powerful it gives meaning and purpose to your training and you know I don't know. I think it just gives more clarity yeah. around around different things. Yeah. Like you don't feel like you're crazy if if this is what you're feeling at that particular yeah. time. It's just historically maybe you just feel you know lower just yeah. before you have your period, which is completely normal. So good. Yeah. So the four phases, obviously, and you were about to talk about the follicular phase, which I cut you off to do because I wanted to explain the four phases. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit more about what you could potentially and i say potentially because everybody is different we need to be very mindful that yeah, everyone's different everyone yeah. has different feelings around different times of um their their menstrual cycle but what what can we typically expect in that kind of phase to do yeah. with training maybe strength considerations if you are into the gym lifting weights yeah um so in the fl- follicular phase it's a bit of a yeah, tongue twister isn't it <laughs> i know but um in that phase after you've had your period and you're starting kind of that new cycle again um you will typically feel a bit stronger um you'll have an increase in estrogen um and you'll just feel usually more extroverted um a higher sex drive because you're coming into ovulation um and that's usually when you're feeling pretty good and like you can push hard so this means you can push a little bit harder in the gym maybe push for some more pbs pushing for pbs yeah that would be the time where if you're feeling good um and take full advantage yeah take full advantage of it because if you know historically that you know in two weeks time going to be a different story then use that and go hard when you're feeling good and everything's and, pull back and pulling back bit. when you need to oh amazing um, so yeah that's the, kind of that first phase and then heading into ovulation um depending on what your goals are you know 
I don't know if we want to go into that, but, you know, trying to prevent pregnancy or trying to plan yep. for pregnancy, yep. being aware if you are ovulating, you can also track some of those symptoms yes. in those apps. Um, you know, if you're wanting to know if you are ovulating, you can track things like your basal metabolic temperature yep. as well as cervical mucus discharge. Yes. Yep. Um, and that, that's a whole other ball game depending on pregnancy and yep. conception. Um, but I think... Yeah, but that stuff is important, important to track. Yeah, and important to note the differences and the changes. Absolutely. Yeah, important as well because I think fertility is such a good, obviously, marker of overall health. Yeah. So you know, if I'm tracking and I can see that I'm ovulating and I'm seeing that my cycle length is fairly consistent, that's giving me good data to know that I'm fueling myself well, eating enough food, and I'm managing stress. Yes. Because another thing which is really beautiful about tracking your cycle is, say I historically always have, you know, 28 to 29 day cycles, um, really consistent. And then say I am tracking and I'm fairly confident that I'm ovulating because of those um, key markers yep. that I'm tracking. Um, and then say I go through a dieting phase or maybe I'm highly stressed and then all of a sudden my cycle length's really long. Yeah. And also maybe I miss a period miss that a, month. Miss a period that month. That's going to be really good data to know when to pull back. Um, maybe I should stop dieting for the time being. Yeah. Maybe I should manage some of those external stresses because clearly my Focus body on our sleep a little bit absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sleep, stress management, fuel load in the gym. I think that um, looking at that overview to see cycle length seeing ovulation um, and just seeing, you know, period, light, heavy, all yeah. of that is just super, it's beautiful data and we can use that to our advantage and it also is it's telling empowering us. empowering as yeah. well, right? Like I think that's a very empowering point and what I think what you're saying as well is like whatever is not measured is not managed. Absolutely. So if you are not keeping track of this data and making sure that you know you're adding in, even if you're feeling bloated or feeling yeah. self-critical, because you can add all these things yeah, in these yeah. apps, you're not going to know how you can adjust training, stress management, anything yeah. around your cycle because you it's not powerful information if yeah. you're not educated or aware of it. Yeah. So it's super empowering. I only recently started tracking my when I say recent, it's probably been like three years, but it still feels recent. I'm like days are flying by what the hell. But I only recently, three years ago, started tracking my cycle after coming coming off the pill. So mm-hmm. I was on the pill for a very long time, um, probably six or seven years since I was like 16. Went on it because I had really, really bad acne. That didn't do anything. I was on Racutane twice yeah. after that. But anyways, that's a bloody podcast for it yeah, whole another whole podcast. Other thing. Oh a my whole God. other thing yes but came off the pill and then i was like i know nothing about my cycle like yeah. i know the basic things that you're taught in like high school and stuff but the only way i learned was through my own education yeah i'm a massive nerd like pubmed yeah yeah yeah. Give me research articles yeah. every day tell me yeah it's like actually sickening yeah no but i love that <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite things yeah yeah, yeah. That's, please literally. don't change I'm a nerdy freak. No, it's um, But I would like sit and research all this stuff because I felt so disempowered because I knew nothing about it. Like absolutely nothing. I, yeah, I have a similar kind of story. Like I went to a um, Catholic school. I was very limited Same. with sex ed. Oh, um, but condoms also, on a banana. Yeah. Not a thing. But not even just that. I think that like I had such a limited view. I thought that you could get pregnant all of the time. Same. Yeah. And for such a long time. Yeah. And so I constantly thought that at any point, and like, I must've just thought I was walking around super fertile. Cause I think <laughs> I just thought like at any point, 
any single time I have sex, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like that if was a my, guy even looks yeah, in my if direction. If a guy looks at me. But <laughs> that was because I was very sheltered with the actual reality of what's happening. No with, idea. No idea. And so that in conjunction with getting into strength training, um, having a coach who was really good and had a holistic view, being mentored, reading more mm-hmm. books, asking questions, it was kind of like a no-brainer that if I care about my training and I care about looking after my body, I really want to care about what's happening here and how it's impacting my training. Yeah. Like it, it kind of seemed like a, a no brainer. Yeah. Like a no brainer, just like a missing piece of puzzle. Like if I'm not tracking this, but I'm tracking my training data, I'm tracking my lifts. Yeah. Like I should be tracking where I am in my cycle tracking because it's going to make sense. On the scale and yeah. my measurements and my progress photos. Yeah. Why would I not consider that as well? Absolutely. hundred percent. So it's, it's so interesting, especially coming from that background where yeah. you really don't know any so, different but also i think about it now like we obviously both went to like catholic yeah. girls schools which maybe mine wasn't all girls but yeah oh catholic, sorry yeah, catholic yeah. but um maybe skews like the education around sex ed versus like a public school i'm not sure i never went so i'm not sure i agree i mean i did go to a public school but like year 11 and 12 and i don't think we did sex ed in year 11 and no. 12 i think it was like year 9 and 10 yeah but like you're sheltered yeah, you're yeah. super sheltered. Like, you don't know anything about it. There's also a stigma because I still feel mm. like when I speak to clients, like, I try to speak about all of these things confidently, give them confidence to talk about it. Even just things like bowel movements. Like, I want to kind of get everyone to talk. <laughs> yeah, and about everyone's like, the- oh, very yeah. shocked that yeah. you bring up pooping. And you're yeah. like, well, we all do it. Yeah, but shocked. But, like, digestion, pooping, menstrual cycle, um, it's where's cool. your sex drive at like I understand that they seem like confronting things but it's also just normal bodily things and I think as well it was a level of shame it could also be from school background but I definitely felt that when I was younger where it's like oh you don't talk about that like sex yeah (laughs) but I don't want to be like that anymore because I want people to feel empowered with their sexuality confident with their training and also if something's not right feel like you can talk to people about it versus if there is a stigma or feel like you've got the tools to educate yourself as well uh, yeah to yeah. make a change yeah. yeah absolutely like say we're talking about digestion and bowel movements like if someone doesn't feel confident to talk and I say haven't i haven't for pooped four for three days. days yeah absolutely or on the oh flip side <laughs> if someone says oh I have no sex drive and I'm training six days a week and, and I'm, eating. I'm eating 1200 calories. Like those are all red flags that are telling me you're probably under fueling. Yeah. But if you don't, if, if you don't give someone that kind of handout to say, you know, you can talk about this stuff with me. Yeah. Um, and that's what I kind of want to be known about with my yeah. clients. I want to be that safe space where people can come to me, talk to me and feel like, there's no judgment and also that we can work together. Like whether to that just be the to come up with a solution and whether that solution be me helping them directly or whether that be we're working together as a team with another allied health professional, yeah. like whatever's going to get the job done basically yeah. because they're the goal. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah. So backtracking a little bit. Yeah. Next phase. So we've gone through ovulation after ovulation. Then we have the luteal phase. Yes. Yes. Um, so this is the phase coming into your period. Yep. Um, during this phase, we have a rise in progesterone. Um, and then that drops off as well coming into your period. So yep. usually during that phase, um, 
I'll give you a bit of a caveat in a second, but usually during that phase, you'll probably feel a little bit lower energy, um, fatigue, bloated, tired, tired coming into your period. Um, Something I do really want to note with these tracking apps, because I think that they're beautiful, but I also don't want you to have a bias towards projecting an outcome. So what I mean by that is say every month I feel a certain way and every month you feel a certain way. It's going to be different. Yeah. I don't want you to look at an app and then say, oh, it's good. Because last month on the Friday before my period, I felt really shit. I'm going to feel shit again. I don't want you to jinx yourself, basically. What I'm saying is use the data to identify trends, but check in with how you're actually feeling. Yes. Because if you have your period, but you're feeling good and you're fueling... And you train. can probably yeah. still lift still, PBs. Absolutely. Even if you're not in that follicular, follicular, tongue twister, my God, follicular phase, we could still even be pushing a little bit heavier in the gym, not just based off that data, if you feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, coming into the men- like menstrual cycle when you're in that luteal phase, just because you... Um, on paper. On paper may, yeah. may feel a certain way. Please don't, um, you know, deload and pull back if you're not feeling that way, if you're feeling, if you're feeling good, good, then train. Send it. Then send it, as basically. Gemma would say, yeah, as fucking I would send say, it. Send it. <laughs> but um, I think that's just an important note because I, I, I don't want people to, um, you know, hold themselves back if they're feeling fine. But I want you to ha- create an awareness around your own individual trends. Yeah. That's my point there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And then obviously we go back to the start of our cycle, which is yeah. our period. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if I was new into strength training and I wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about training in the gym and potentially using progressive overload, where would I start? What are your like recommendations or like your biggest tips to somebody that's starting new into the gym? Starting new, I would definitely say if you can, please invest in um, a coach or even just invest the time in understanding technique and tracking your sessions yes that's like the biggest thing because time is important and you could spend six to nine months kind of fucking around just walking around the gym (laughs) and trying trying this and that and not feeling very confident and not really understanding how machines work and not really understanding how to do things or you could get help and actually shorten that period of time that period of learning will be condensed yeah and you'll feel more confident because you've got someone guiding you there so if you can um definitely get help even in just in that initial phase because it will pay you back tenfold years the one lesson i wish that i took on earlier in my training career yeah was hiring a coach or learning from somebody that knew more than me. I wasted so many years. Like I can't even stress to you guys enough, like probably three to four years fucking around in the gym, savage, but I would fuck around in the gym. I would follow stupid fucking Instagram workouts that were literally a load of shit. And I thought, Oh, if that girl's doing that, I'm going to look like that. Yeah. I had no understanding of exercise selection, prescription, movement patterns. Yeah progressively overloading adding more weight like i would do the same fucking weight for like two years and wonder why i look the same when i was still weak yeah absolutely it wasn't conducive to my goals at all and i wasted so much time same and i think guys remembering like coaches are there to literally 
shave down the space between starting and being successful. Yeah. We've done it. Like yeah, we've yeah, done yeah. it through trial and error. We yeah, know we've learned, what works. learned from our mistakes. Like honestly, Literally. like we are We don't like, want you to make the same mistakes. No, I want yeah. you to save time. Like I had a similar experience where like I did boot camps and then I joined a gym and then I spent a fair chunk of time in the gym just I did do something right, which I did take a book and write down what I was doing. Good. But there was not no real I did none rhyme. Of that. Like there was no real rhyme or reason towards yeah. what I was doing. Um, and then I would get like an ebook, and then I would get a I do like BBG and I do this and I do that. But because I'm chopping and changing and jumping from one thing or another, I'm not oh. giving myself the time to actually Coach master anything. Hopping. This is another thing. Yeah. I know it's totally off topic, no, 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 but no, it but just sparked a little thing yeah. in my head. Coach hopping or program hopping yeah. is so detrimental to your goals. Absolutely. The reason being is just say somebody comes in and works with Gemma for three months. Yeah. Then decides, oh, actually, you know what? I might go and work with Kate yeah. for three months. When you come into my coaching, we start from the beginning yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. You might have like an inter- intermediate level of training. That's all good. I can program for that. Yeah. But like if you're coming in, I'm starting you baseline nutrition. We start at maintenance again and you're stepping 10 steps backwards. Yeah. Still moving forward, but yeah, you need yeah. to be mindful that if you're constantly going from coach to coach, yeah. you're actually, it's detrimental to your progression. Yeah, absolutely. You need to stick it out a little bit longer than just that like three to four months. Yeah. Because it's long-term thinking. And I experienced that myself with lockdown where yes. I wanted my own coach and I did online with a few coaches and that was really good. But then I decided that when we came out of lockdown, I wanted to be mentored by someone face to face. So I did change again. And I was like, I knew that if I stuck with the same online coaches that I would have continued to progress with them, but I wanted the face to face and I plan on staying with my coach for a long time. But like having that awareness of, of course, if you're chopping and changing or stopping and And starting starting, all the time, like it's going to make a difference on your progress. Yeah. Um, and obviously we say that like if you and your coach don't get along or you don't feel like you're getting a value of service or whatever yeah of course you can leave duh Mm -hmm. but like if you think you're getting a great service and you can see long term stay in it for the longevity yeah yeah a hundred percent because you will get so much further absolutely i can't even remember what we were speaking about before this we just got so off on a tangent that's so i mean that's not like us I was literally saying to Jem before we're having lunch and I was like I love when me and Gemma get together because we're literally fucking crazy I could actually literally talk forever yeah like try and stop us try and stop us guys I actually don't think podcast 17 hours imagine my god we could as well so getting into the gym hiring a coach if you can yes that was where we were Yeah. yeah yeah so basically hiring a coach if you can and tracking your lifts yeah in two ways so track your lifts as in track the weight that you're lifting but also track your lifts as in record yourself lifting it's so important because you can ask for feedback and improve on the technical aspect with recording yeah what would you say to people because i know there's going to be a lot of listeners listening today being like i'm too fucking scared to get a tripod out i'm even still scared guys like i am still nervous about it yeah Getting a tripod out, getting into the gym and filming your lifts. How would you overcome that, like, anxiety around that? Yeah. And to be fair, like, that anxiety is warranted because it is – you're putting yourself out there, but it doesn't have to – 
you don't have to stick with that. So like feel the feeling, but yeah. still do something about it because you can be subtle. Um, so for example, you could just get your phone um, and you could just rest it up against your drink bottle. Yeah. Um, you could choose to do it during an off peak time. So when it's not as busy. So you get um, more used to it. It's more, more exposure. used to it, more exposure while there's not as many people there. Cause I do know that if you're in a busy gym and you feel like you're in the way, it's kind of going to add to that feeling of stress and anxiety. Yeah. So try to, manage some of those elements go when it's more quiet maybe go to an area where it's not as busy or as um, congested and then use just your drink bottle and um, your phone and And then the more that you do it the more comfortable you're going to get exposure 100 percent. and yeah something that you like something that i think is golden and i remind my clients of this which is as much as you think the heat is on you at the gym no one cares about what you're doing Everyone is there looking at their own games. Yeah. Like when I go to the gym, I'm flexing in the mirror looking at myself. Yeah. I'm not looking around at what other people do- no. are doing at all. And I think, like this sounds savage, but I said this to my friend once and she actually told me that six years later it stuck with her. But she was telling me that she was anxious in a gym. Mm. Um, and I was like, you're giving yourself too much credit here. I was like, no one gives a fuck what you're doing. <laughs> and then she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, in the best way possible. I was like, isn't that empowering? Yeah. Like, what are you doing at the gym? You're thinking about what's for dinner. You're thinking about what you're doing in the weekend. Yeah. You're thinking about the exercise in front of you. That's what the other 80 people are doing. No one cares what you're doing at the no. gym. And that is golden. Use that to think, oh, okay. The heat's actually they're probably not, thinking the heat, about what the they're eating actually for not on me at all. Literally. Like, I can just do whatever I want to do. And once you trial this actual theory and realize that oh. no one cares, it's actually really nice. Yeah, you're laughing. Yeah. And yeah. you're actually going to be able to go in and whip out your tripod and film your lifts, which yeah. you can get if you are working with a coach. Yeah. You can get valuable feedback yeah. that will save you time. Yep. Performing something with incorrect technique, potentially injuring yourself or reducing any sort of progression because your form is trash. Absolutely. So if I was filming a lift yep. and I, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a tricky question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but if I was filming a lift, but yes. I didn't have a coach, yep. what would you think I could do with that data? I would use it as a self-reflective tool yep. and look back because maybe, yep. maybe you're reading a program that says, you know, do a Romanian deadlift slow on the way down. And maybe when you were doing that, you thought it was really slow. But you look back at the video and you're actually Speedy Gonzalez. Super common, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're... Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, that was a tempo of four. And then I look back and it's, it's like one seconds. second. Yeah, yeah. But super common. Like just looking back is already helpful because you can look at it and think, okay, I can already see what I need to improve. Yeah. Whether that be tempo, control or something along those lines. Um, if I didn't have a coach, I would probably go to a trusted resource or look up like a library on yep. YouTube of yep. like a how-to from yep. someone that Even is Even through Instagram, like there is some really, really great good educators resources. in the space that post, you know, RDL tips and tricks. Absolutely. I cueing would prefer, techniques, yeah. cueing things, everything's on Instagram. You yeah. can literally go and compare your video to what somebody else has posted and yeah. see whether that looks pretty similar or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I would do. So just using it, comparing the pair, trying different things. Like, you know, someone's foot position versus mine might be a little bit different, but don't be afraid to play around with that. Yeah. Like try those things and see what works for yeah. you. That's a really good point that you make is being aware in the gym that there is not a one size fits all. And what I mean by that is 
for example, barbell back squats. Yeah. This is a controversial thing because yeah. I know a lot of powerlifters and things are going to come at me about this. But like a barbell back squat to me is not conducive to my goals. Yeah. If you know me personally, I'm like five foot ten, nearly six foot. I have legs the size of giraffes my femurs are fucking huge you know what one day i'm actually gonna measure to see how long they are because i, I mean at- i got told yesterday they had long femurs and gang gang like check out this look like, at yeah, this yeah, yeah. fucking femur I see. yes it's hectic yeah. you guys can't see this but no. it's fucking huge it's large and in charge so squatting with a barbell on my back I find really one difficult to get to parallel and build any sort of strength because of my leverage points compared to someone who is maybe five foot five, a lot shorter with more muscle density. They're going to be a hell of a lot stronger. They're going to squat ass to grass a hell of a lot easier and get back up a hell of a lot easier too. And not even that, like say leverages aside, if you don't want to back squat and you're not oh, a powerlifter. I'm not doing it. No, but you actually don't need to. No. Like, that's the thing as well. Yeah. Um, when we think of a squat, we think of a movement pattern. Mm-hmm. A squat doesn't have to be With a, a barbell, barbell on squat. your back. It can be a goblet squat. It can be... A cannibalin squat. A cannibal squat. There's Killer so many rated. different yeah. variations. So, I think that... You One know, size doesn't coaches, fit all. A coach is going to look and ask for feedback and they're going to ask you what you enjoy doing because all of that's important as well yeah and the only person again that needs to do particular movements is if it's sport specific yeah Um, and otherwise if you don't enjoy and that's the thing that i always say to my clients like a lot of them will ask me like should i go for a run and i'm like do you like running yeah and if they're like no i'm like then don't do it yeah unless you enjoy doing it or you want to push yourself outside your comfort zone and test yourself yeah uh, why Why the fuck would you do it? Like, you'll never... If I'm barbell back squatting in the gym and you guys ever see me in real life, ask me if I'm okay because I'm probably not. Yeah. Like, you will never SOS. catch me bar... Okay. Like, like, send help. Yeah. Because you will never catch me barbell back squatting. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I don't enjoy it. I don't feel like I'm good at it, which is probably a little bit of a cop-out, let's be real, because... I know that I'm not strong at them, so I kind of just avoid them. But also, I just find more enjoyment in, you know, doing a hack squat or a pendulum squat or a V-hack or a goblet squat. There's so many other options. And we're like the opposite because I love it. I love it. And and squatting queen over here with like squat shoes and everything. I do feel like wedges. Very professional. But do you use a belt too? You do. I haven't for a while, but I do own but a belt. Yeah. And I, I, I don't enjoy, even own a belt. <laughs> but I enjoy that process and I also I'm aware mm. and I don't want to push that onto clients as well. Yeah. So like for example, just because I get excited about barbell squatting with my lifting shoes and so on and so yeah. forth, I don't want to assume that everyone that comes to me has the same goals. Yeah. That's really important. I want to ask them or you what it is what it is that we want yeah. to do and then go from there because if you push it on someone else too much, then you're going to make training not enjoyable. Yeah, and that's and when they fall 10 steps back again. Absolutely. Yeah. If, you're, if you really don't enjoy what you're doing and you don't need to do it, it's you're just kind of, it's it. counterproductive yeah. and you're not going to stick to it. But on the flip side, if you feel like you're not very good at squatting and that's something that you know, you actually find really fun and you want to try to yeah. do it. And you, maybe you do have, you know, leverages that might make certain positions harder. Don't on, in the flip side, be too deterred because yeah. there are modifications, heel elevation, squatting um, foot shoes. position. Yeah, exactly. All of the things. All yeah. of the things like different, um, you know, you can use a safety bar, so on and so forth. But what I'm getting at is there's a variation for everybody. Um, find the one that suits you but also don't 
be dictated by your leverages yep. and be aware that you'll be able to find something that works. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So we've gone through getting a coach. Yep. Tracking and measuring your data. So yep. whether that's through actually entering in data and making a little program for yourself and yep. keeping track of, you know, maybe adding reps or tempo or load every yep. single session. Getting in, recording your lifts. Yep. Anything else that you would give to newbies or beginners? Any advice? Um, I think only focus on being better than you were yesterday yeah. or last week. So yeah. um, I think that social media is beautiful in the sense that it's motivating by seeing other people's um, progress and journey and knowing that you can do a similar thing. Um, but don't get too deterred if you see somebody's eight week comparison and you don't feel like you've yes. you've made the same progress. And on the flip side, don't just track data in terms of weight as your sole motivator for if you've done well or not. Yes. You need to track non scale um non scale victories. Yes. As well as, you know, photos are really beautiful to see body composition and postural changes. Yeah. Um measurements are really handy as well you know if you say you want to grow your glutes yeah. and you're only weighing yourself it's not really going to marry up oh 100 percent. and also reflecting on your data like the amount of times this is a shout out to all my clients who are listening but the amount of times that i've done you know weekly check-ins with my clients read their check-in and what they're saying does not reflect the data so they in their check-in will be like I've had such a shit fucking week. I've done nothing. I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. And then I look at their data as a whole and think, okay, girlfriend, you hit your 10K steps every day. Yeah. You slept nine hours every night. Yeah. You're feeling refreshed. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get one gym session in, but you got four out of five or yeah. three out of four, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Your nutrition was pretty okay, but your stress management was fucking amazing. Yeah. You're sleeping great. You're drinking enough water. All of those considerations show me that you had an amazing fucking week. Yeah. But if you're so focused on just like the scale weight. Yeah. It's not helpful. It's never going to be good. It's also not painting a full picture of what's going on. Like I'll have clients as well in check-ins who will have sent me lifting videos and it's beautiful. Yep. They would have um, eaten really well done all of the good stuff, ticking all of the boxes and then they'll be like, my weight didn't change. Yeah. And then I'll be like, what, but look what, what you did so well. But also, like, what was your goal? Our body composition and strength. And I was like, there we've we go. done that. Yeah. So yeah. I think that we just need to kind of not give body weight in the sense that much power when it doesn't paint the full picture. Nah. As well as when we talk about non-scale victories, like things like um, sleeping better, managing stress. Yes. Your mood is better because maybe you're training in the morning and you feel fucking fantastic for the rest of the day. And you didn't used to do that. Yeah. Like, we need to also give weight to those positive associations with training because it will also help you stick it for the long course. Yeah. Like if you can build a case as to why, you know, this is a really good thing for you because of all of these things that happen associated with training and managing things and all yep. of that, then you're going to want to do it long term. A hundred percent. You're not going to want to drop off. A hundred percent. And celebrating the small wins along, Absolutely. The, along the way. Like even if it's like, this week I got 10,000 steps six out of seven days and I haven't been able to do that for the past month. Yeah, fantastic. That's a huge win. Yeah. Celebrate that because all of these small steps to me and in my opinion 
are way, way more important than the end goal. Absolutely. Because you're going to look back and be like, man, I put in the fucking work to get here and yeah. here I am today. I also think it's like then the end goal becomes the byproduct. Yes. So rather than fixing your mind on, say, for example, a weight loss goal yep. or say a body comp goal, if you're so tunnel vision on that thing, you're going to lose sight of all of these wins along the way. But if you flip it and focus on the wins and that kind of comes that anyways. comes anyway, yeah. and it's a much more enjoyable process. Yeah. So if you kind of go in with that growth mindset of learning, enjoying, celebrating, then you look back in four, six, nine, twelve months time, and you're like, Holy and you're shit. like look what I've done. Yeah. Compare the pair, but you weren't fixed on it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So we're probably gonna wrap up the podcast now or soon, but I do have one more question. Yes. And I kind of ask like all my podcast guests this. So if you could tell your younger self two things or give advice to your younger self, two things that you would tell your younger self or give advice. I just repeated myself like six <laughs> yeah. times. What would they be? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. That's hard. It is. I think everything is going to be okay as long as you stay true to yourself and you create your own path. Yeah in line with what you're passionate in. Yeah. So I think that when you're younger, you might feel pressure to uni and follow a certain path or maybe your friends work a nine to five and you think that, you know, that's the safe, secure thing to do. And we both don't do that. Yeah. Um, But I'm saying, I think that trusting your gut and focusing on something you're passionate and you love, um, it's going to work out in the end because how could it not? Exactly. So I think, um, and you'll find your people. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you put out your energy as to who you are and you, you know, are kind yeah. and you want to help people, like you're you going to, you will attract in. the same back. So, yeah. you know, if you hide that away from people or if you do what other people want you to do, you're kind of going to feel lost. So yeah. try to avoid that. Yes. yes. I fucking love that. Yeah. How wholesome. How wholesome. That was such a good episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, for anyone listening at home, where can we find you? How can people work with you? And what do you offer? Um, I offer online coaching um, as well as some face-to-face. Yep. Um, Online either... one-on-one in a standard capacity or premium you can see what that's all about you can email me um you can find me at upliftmovement.com.au yep um or just instagram is probably easy just coach Gemma. yeah yeah awesome i'm gonna link your socials down below anyways but still um anyways thank you so much for coming on my potty that was a really really fun time and i will see you guys in the next episode As I always say, thank you so much for listening today. If you did enjoy today's podcast, make sure that you give it five stars. It helps me reach a bigger audience and potentially help more people. And until next time, I will see you then. Bye. Bye.